to Go Blue Crew. Welcome back to the Go Blue Crew. Tyler and I are throwing you for the loop by having me do the intro, which I know will probably make a few fans mad as they really love you kind of starting us off, Tyler. But I'm going to take it and run with it tonight because I have a lot on my mind and nothing really specifically, just kind of a broad viewpoint of kind of my thoughts. And so I'm going to give you a thought. What are you, my girlfriend? Yeah, you know what? I, I probably could be. I know you. I might know you better. We've been doing this. I mean, I think back to our volunteer days. We've been doing this for for quite some time. I would say that this is a long term, long distance relationship we have going on. It most definitely is. It's probably the best one I've ever been a part of, really. So I'll, I'll throw out some thoughts. You give me back some thoughts, and we're just gonna have a, a candid heart to heart here uh, about Michigan football because what else would we be talking about on a lovely uh, day? So. I want to start with Shea Patterson, and I talked with Craig on Divine Intervention this week, and we kind of differed on how much we wanted to see him play against SMU. I'm under the, the thought process of I want to see him as much as possible. I don't want to see him all the way out through a game that's a blowout, but I want to see him throw the ball, and I was honestly for, I don't want to say the first time, uh, but I was very impressed uh, with early season play calling uh, in a way that I haven't been in the last few seasons. Uh, the fact that Michigan was so dominant on the ground uh, against Western Michigan there for a time period, they still let Shea Patterson come out and throw the ball around. And, and to me, that was really important because it, every rep he gets, I think he's getting that much better. Uh, we've talked a lot about comparing this team to teams of the past. Uh, last year, I believe that they didn't have a chance to get better just with the way things are going with the injuries this year I literally think that every play especially every positive play and you could even say every negative play they can learn something for but every play I think Shea Patterson gets better and so this weekend no matter what the score is uh halftime the third quarter I still want to see Shea Patterson throwing the ball and I would say the same for any game moving forward uh, that might be a blowout what do you think about that thought no, I think I think uh, we're going to see him basically the same amount that we saw him against Western Michigan, uh, assuming it's that kind of game, not not really close, and and you know from basically the middle of the first quarter what the result is going to be, because he still needs to build up continuity with his receivers, and the uh, same thing with the offensive line, there needs to be some uh, cohesiveness in there, and that's only going to be built the best way I should say that that's going to be built is through these live reps in games. So I would expect the starting units to be out there for a good chunk of a game, even if Michigan is pulling away with it uh, by halftime. What specifically, if there is anything, would you like to see more out of from Shea Patterson? Um, I, I think it would be interesting to, to see him throw the ball downfield a little more. And I understand why they don't do it because that takes a little time, obviously. And Michigan's offensive line typically doesn't give the quarterback much time, but it would still be nice to see the offense get more vertical because, um, I've seen enough to understand that he's got a good intermediate game. Like he can make the throws that a college quarterback is supposed to make. I just want to see like, can Michigan take the top off, open it up. They did it at least once against Western, Western Michigan that I can remember when I, he found, I think Nico Collins first 40 some yard touchdown. I would just like to see them take a few more shots downfield. So, uh, maybe that can be something that's developed 
going into the meatier part of the schedule. I'm with you there. And the other thing that I would like to see a little bit more of it is him using his legs. Now, not to the point where uh, he's, he's I don't know, running dangerously or unprotected, uh, allowing himself to be more susceptible to injury. But I did really like his scamper. I think it was 16 yards around the corner. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey seems to come in and, and maybe, maybe be a little bit more run friendly, uh, maybe makes the decision to take off sooner than Shea Patterson does. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh wants that. I think Jim Harbaugh wants Shea Patterson to, to, to take all of his looks and check down and, and then make a decision, but, uh, maybe not necessarily scrambling, but I would like to see more of an option presence. I think that, especially with a guy like, like Chris Evans, uh, who, who's really good in space, I'd like to see maybe some some kind of option, uh, maybe some end arounds. I really like that they put Ambry Thomas in there. I think that he can have uh, a really good role in offense, even if it's just like a decoy. Uh, we used to see Jabril Peppers do that a lot. Uh, Eddie McDoom, uh, for a while, while he was still uh, on the team and with the program, I was doing some end around stuff. Donovan Peoples-Jones has had his opportunities, but anything that can really mix it up at the line of scrimmage, now, I still think that Jim Harbaugh does save things, and there are times in bigger games that he waits to open up the playbook until those times. Uh, but I would like to see a little bit more of the, the RPO uh, and, and more of the option uh, in terms of running specifically. What do you think about that? I like it when they move him outside, of the, when they move the pocket. They don't, they don't make him uh, take a five-step drop into a pocket that's mm-hmm. almost guaranteed to collapse. They move him around a lot. I think of like back in the days of Devin Gardner, it seems like they were doing that a lot with him. Now, these are obviously different times, but it was for the same purpose. Like if you don't have a good offensive line, then you need to find ways to protect your quarterback. And if your quarterback is mobile enough, getting him on the move is a great way to do that. Shea Patterson obviously does that really well, and he's very accurate on the run. We've seen that numerous times just through two games. So I think that's something that will always be there for Michigan, even if the uh, the offensive line never quite reaches the point where it's not a huge concern. So I think a lot of people, and for good reason, took note. He had a really nice pass. He was running basically full speed to his left uh, and then fired the ball right before uh, running out of bounds, almost with perfect accuracy. Uh, he threw a really good deep ball uh, to Nico Collins. He threw a great fade. You've seen a lot of things that we truly haven't seen out of a, a Michigan quarterback in a long time. Now, obviously, guys uh, have shown flashes. Bolton Space had some incredible plays. On 2016, Jake Rudock really turned it on and made some incredible throws uh, the year before that. I mean, heck, Denard Robinson even found a way to, to, to make some pretty passes, even though he was a run-first guy. But Shea Patterson, to me, has already shown me not enough to, to buy into that he's going to really make this team great and take them to the next level. But I've seen a mix of enough to where, again, it gives me more confidence uh, the more I see him out there getting comfortable. And and one of the other things that Craig and I talked about uh, very briefly that I'd like to bring up is speed of play. I, I really think that Michigan will be more effective as the season kind of uh, chugs along when they can speed up uh, the pace. Uh, usually Jim Harbaugh loves to just take his time uh, and really control the clock. Uh, but Michigan had three drives, I think, under 40 seconds. 
Uh, now that was mostly because of, of big plays, but even some even some drives where you're going to have five, eight, ten plays before scoring or even kicking a field goal. Heck, even before turning it over, I like to see the the overall pace pick up because I think Shea Patterson coming from kind of a hurry up offense, a uh, spread offense. I think that he can bring an entirely new element. It allows the, the defense to, to have to kind of freeze and stay put unless the offense subs. Find a set group out there in the shotgun formation, run up to the line, get it going. Seems to be a struggle so far. Maybe it's because the playbook's still uh, being adjusted to. Uh, maybe it's because you still have a pretty fresh center. Um, but what do you think about speeding up the, the pace? Well, as – I cover baseball, as you know, so I'm a huge proponent of pace of play. If I don't yep. have to sit, if I, if I don't have to sit and watch this game for three and a half hours, cool. You know, I I love love baseball, but we could uh, certainly stand to move things along. And so I think I I can safely say that I am on board with with moving things along a little more quickly with this offense. Um, I. I you know, it's anybody's guess, like why things don't move any any quicker now. But the advantages to doing it, as you kind of laid out, there, there, you you just develop a, a tempo with a quarterback who seems to work best in that tempo, and so I think that would definitely be to their advantage. So he was hurt and cramping up against Notre Dame, but the reason I I think it's a positive thing is some of his best play came late in that game. Uh, when there was a, a little bit increase of a tempo. But in that same game, they also struggled as they got closer and closer to the end zone uh, of really getting plays off fast enough. And so I think, again, that's to come. I think that's another element that improves snap by snap. Uh, and obviously there's not a lot of situations that we predict this weekend that would allow them to need to to hurry up. Uh, but there will absolutely be situations this year where there might be two minutes left on the half and they might have to do the two-minute drill uh, to take a halftime lead uh, against a greater opponent. Uh, one other thing that, that I wanted to, to speak on that I found really interesting, and it's again, it's a really, really small sample size, and I could be way off, so please tell me if I am. I feel like Jim Harbaugh seems a little bit more aggressive this year. Um, you'd, have to, you'd have to explain that. Like so, in what way? So we've seen, and so a lot of these were, were maybe fourth down situations where you maybe expect a team to go for it. But I feel like there was also similar to kind of the hurry up offense and, and the quicker pace. I honestly felt like some of the, some of the decisions just seem different. And I think that he's honestly trying to adapt. I think it's a big struggle for him. I think Jim Harbaugh is really kind of set in his ways in a lot of areas Obviously, you've heard about a lot of improvements. The players have all said he's, he's changed. He won't admit he's changed, but the players say he's different. He's more open to ideas. There's not a lot, again, of examples, but I felt like in times in the Notre Dame game uh, and times against Western Michigan, a team that they're blowing out from really the first couple of possessions, I feel like he seemed a little bit more aggressive. And so most of that to say, I expect some big decisions uh, and some more aggressive Maybe not trickery plays, uh, but maybe some decisions that we haven't seen from Harbaugh uh, in the past because I think he's almost feeling the sense of urgency of, I've got to try anything for some of these games, especially when it comes to beating a team like like Michigan State on the road. Uh, and 
he still believes that his offensive line and Ed Warner even came out and said it this week that he believes that there was a big improvement from week one to week two. He didn't care what the opponents were. Uh, he sees some really positive things. And so I think that Harbaugh will be more aggressive this year just because of the fact that he has uh, a quarterback that maybe plays off of that a little bit better than years past. Yeah, I, th- I think the way you ended that was probably the best way to put it. It's, it may not be a philosophical change that Harbaugh is going through. It's just the fact that he recognizes who his quarterback is, how his quarterback thrives, and that leads to the aggression. So it, it may not be that Harbaugh himself is like coming to this offensive revelation at year whatever in his coaching career. I think it's probably better explained in a way that's just like, uh, I have this quarterback, Shea Patterson, who is a real gunslinger, likes to run around. And then that naturally leads to more aggression. So give me a player uh, this weekend, coming weeks. Give me a player on offense uh, that you would like to see more from. I would like to see a little more from Chris Evans. I'm okay with um, obviously keeping Karan Higdon as as the premier premier feature running back but i think the like like taking michigan's offense to another level is going to require chris evans being able to like catch screens or you know be in the slot and and make some moves downfield i just think that his speed is something that that michigan absolutely needs and so out of the backfield and so i think uh, i would like to see him do some big things against SMU. I'm I'm right with you. I'm I'm more of looking forward to him as the season goes on. I think that this game uh, this weekend against SMU again will will probably be a blowout, and so I don't expect a lot. Uh, and other than Shea Patterson, I'm okay if guys like Chris Evans and and Karan Higdon don't take as many carries or take as much of the load. But I absolutely agree with you. I want to see him in space. I would love to see. Uh, both Higdon and Chris Evans out there uh, on both sides of Shea Harrison or Higdon next to Shea Harrison. And, and like you said, Chris Evans in the slot or even uh, split wide, get both of those guys, both of those playmakers on the field at the same time. I think that if you have both of them back there, you can really step up some of the option packages. Now you don't really want to run the triple option uh, as Michigan, but again, it will allow you to be more versatile, but for this weekend, uh, especially with an opportunity to, to potentially lighten the load of some of the starters. I want to see more of True Wilson. Uh, a lot of hype around True Wilson getting on the field uh, and, and looking to be a, a pretty solid back. We've heard a lot about uh, his story from going to walk on to, to scholarship and having an opportunity. And I think that this is a great opportunity for him this weekend to get in earlier than he did last week, get some carries, and really prove to everybody what kind of back he is. If he can break for a big run, uh, if he can have some success on the ground, no matter who the opponent is, I think that it allows you to, to look forward and think you got Karan Higdon, who's really good and really solid. Chris Evans, who has great moments uh, and big games, uh, maybe a little bit quieter at times. And then a third back in True Wilson. If you look at some of the best teams uh, in college football in the last five years, I think of a Georgia Georgia seems to have four running backs that are very capable. Uh, they always reload. Wisconsin, maybe not as deep at the running back position, but year after year after year, you can go back multiple years, and they've always had a really good running back that was either the best in the nation or at least one of the best in the conference. And so for a guy like True Wilson to get more opportunities this weekend, we can maybe get a realistic look at, does Michigan have three very capable running backs? 
because three very capable running backs will do a lot for you in the long run, uh, especially if for some reason injury hits. Yeah, I think having having three running backs not only brings you some versatility, but it keeps one of the most vulnerable players on the field uh, from getting hit so often. This is something that I think I talked about maybe last year around the football season, but I look at Alabama as a good example of this. Nick Saban, he does this. I mean, he shares the load pretty, pretty well between his, his running backs. And so that it's not one guy getting the ball 25 times a game and, and getting, knocked up you know so i guess that's another term for pregnant isn't it <laughs> it Nobody, sure is i i don't think any alabama running backs got pregnant on the football field last year but what i'm saying is when when you when you're able to share the load at the running back position you're able to do your guys some big favors whether that's just through plain old life or if they go on to have a career in the nfl they're going to be thankful for the time when their college coach didn't run them into the ground. So do you think we'll see more of True Wilson either just this weekend or as the season kind of treks on? I think based on what we saw last week, he doesn't need the game doesn't need to be out of hand for him to come in. He can just be like a plain old relief guy. Third string, yeah, definitely, but it doesn't have to be 42 to 3 for us to see True Wilson. So uh, it, it, depending on like what kind of looks against gets against SMU and then Nebraska and Northwestern, like in these next few games, I think that'll be really telling, but I would expect him to be, um, I would expect him to get more consistent looks. They don't have to be in blowout games anymore. So, so last thought here, sticking with the offense before I wrap up, did you see any of what Ed Warner had to say today? I saw a little bit of it, but like I could not even give a, concise recap of it so so basically again he was talking about how uh he feels like the line improved from week one to week two he talked a lot about the starters and just because you start the season or even start the game it doesn't mean that you're going to remain in the game uh and a quote that i really liked he says the thing is the guys who are the next guys in uh, at a lot of positions not just the offensive line are young guys and he talked about bringing along young guys at the right pace uh, because if you put them in there before they're ready, you could ruin them. Uh, and and I think of that as, and I think this is a good example of maybe what happened last year on the road against Penn State. You have a young guy in Bram Peters who's so ready to prove himself, but Harbaugh doesn't throw him out there uh, in a game where, where Michigan's lost control on the road in a tough environment. And so I kind of thought about that and, and really just thinking specifically uh, about the offensive line is there's two young, talented players uh, who are eagerly awaiting a chance to play. And now he didn't say that, hey, this is what's going to happen. But do you feel like we will see any offensive line changes as the season goes on? I I don't think they'll be significant. Um, You'll see some sprinkled in stuff, especially against teams like Southern Methodist. But um, I, at this point, like I'm just not anticipating something drastic happening so you know like like uh you know Jalen Mayfield I'm sure is one of those guys you referenced like I'm not expecting yep. him to get into a starting role this week I am expecting him and any other youngsters to to be sprinkled in throughout throughout uh these live reps and games that hopefully 
by the second quarter or at least you know mid third quarter are not too consequential and just get them some live reps that way perhaps when you're down down the road and you're playing like uh michigan state or penn state in the back half of the season if they've really proven themselves to be like starter quality and you trust their maturity that that getting thrust into these situations and perhaps flopping is is gonna if you trust that that's not not gonna mess them up then like go for it i guess but i'm just always of the mindset that um, you know, the coaches know about a hundred more times than, than I do about these offensive linemen. And so while I can be perfectly justified in being upset with the offensive line play, what I'm upset about is the fact that this is year four of Jim Harbaugh and Mich- at Michigan. And this is what the offensive line looks like. I'm not upset at like personnel decisions. Cause that would just be ridiculous. Yeah. The one thing you've got to hope for is, is no matter what the outcome is this year on the offensive line, you hear all these positive comments, and you you hope that two young guys, uh, James Hudson, Jay Mayfield, others that are going to come in, uh, big recruits, if they can land some offensive line recruits, you have to think that maybe it's finally coming, uh, especially when you hear about the talent that these guys uh, are showing. But again, I, I'm with you. It's it is year four, and, and for me. If you've got a, the best guys out there, then I fully trust the staff, and, and I don't think that they, uh, again, will throw people into the fire when they're not ready uh, and, and do think that that is very accurate with what he said. Just more curious if they are that good uh, and things aren't looking good in these big games like they did against Notre Dame, if a guy will get an opportunity. Well, you have any other thoughts before we end the show? No, I just wanted to add uh, on our last uh, thought that I don't think there's a game too big to to just have them inserted um for a, even to like a drive i think the, the the accumulation of those reps would be very important getting thrown into the fire is something that i would expect to happen like i like i wouldn't consider being thrown into the fire a drive i would consider that like hey you're starting yeah. against ohio state mm-hmm. welcome to the big leagues <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> yep that's true. I think we're both in the agreement that for multiple players, uh, whether uh, known starters or, or guys that might have some opportunities down the line, young offensive linemen, True Wilson, maybe some others, I think more reps uh, is what we're looking for. And hopefully we'll see a lot of guys get some opportunities. Uh, what we believe will be a blowout win against SMU. That's all we have time for this time around in the Go Blue Crew. Follow me at Divine Identity. Follow Tyler at Ty underscore Fenwick. And we'll catch you next week. Go Blue. Go Blue.